What if you could take what used to be Polly Pocket, which I think we should rebrand to Person Pocket to keep things gender fluid. Mm -hmm. What if you could take any gay icon and turn them into a Person Pocket? Who would it be and why? To me, this is like the borrowers or did you ever watch witches like when they became mice i feel like we just like have a little (laughs) i feel like we just uh i feel like we just have like a little borrower in us so they're sleeping in our pocket and then when we take them out they are alive and they're only they're animated Okay. And they're, are they stop motion animated? They're, they're animated in the sense of like, they come to life. Not, they're not like physically animated, like in the chambers of Walt. And they're not trying to run away from me. Right? No, no. They're, 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 um, in a consensual way as far as I know. Okay. Yeah. Obviously, you know that I'm going to say Melissa Etheridge. Of course I do Here's why. Okay. I think Melissa Etheridge tells really good stories. I also think, wouldn't it be nice if, you know, she's just like playing the guitar while I'm like, you know. Doing laundry. Doing things. Yeah. Yeah. You love things. I love to do things. God, you're always doing things. I don't know. Do you think that's a good answer? I think that's a great answer. I feel like that's the only answer that I would believe that you would say. Right. I want Kate Berlant. I've learned a lesson. Okay. I want Kate Berlant. Okay. Here's the thing. I think that I might be thinking about this in the wrong way in the sense that like, it's a way that I can become friends with and hang out with people that maybe I don't normally have access to. Now, if Holding they them hostage. lived in my pocket <laughs> in a consensual way, they would grow to like me. Is that the thing that sociopaths say when they hold people hostage, right? Yeah. Like, You'll grow to fall in love with me. It's called Stockholm Syndrome. Okay, you have to pick three accessories and no matter who they are, they have to have these okay, three accessories. Easy. Keys on a carabiner. Yes. Okay, now you do one. A personalized flask that your best friend when you were 21 gave you on your 21st birthday. (laughs) The third thing I think would be, um, it depends geographically where you are, but for me, I think a beanie is crucial. I will say this. It doesn't matter where you are and right. it doesn't matter what season it is. If anybody listening now, because you know how you can get like your own Barbie made. If anybody is a toy maker right. listening to us, yeah. we would love to make person pocket come to life. Yep. Mo, I know that you've been begging me to ask you this, so I'll ask you again. What's going on for you? What do you got coming up? Please, please come to my show in Chicago. This is dire. Yes, it is uh, my album recording, uh, my very first album. It's going to be at the Lincoln Lodge in Chicago on October 8th, 7 and 9 p.m. Two shows in one night? You better believe it. Let's see if I can make it. My mom is introducing me. It's going to be a good time. You You have a lot of things. You have one more thing. It's Lodge related, right? I have a special taping. I'm taping my special at the Lodge Room, which is in Highland Park in Los Angeles on October 24th at 7.30 p.m. And, uh, you know, that actually is going to be inserted into a documentary that I made last year and that Joanna helped me make. What's it called? It's called Dad Jokes. Where can I get tickets to the show? Moewelch.com, right? Sure. Why don't you go try to find my tickets? It's me being mysterious, (laughs) but the worst business person. Like, why don't you go? I don't know where my tickets are. 
Good luck. You don't even know, but there was a little sort of like sultry tip of the hat and it really <laughs> tied a bow right around that package. Don't, uh, I've heard a rumor. What? That you are hosting a comedy show. Did you hear some hot goss? Yes, hot I goss did. Hot goss about the live comedy show Hot Goss coming up. It's Wednesday, September 28th. Tickets are still available. If you go to Hot Goss Comedy LA on Instagram, you're going to find a link to get tickets. And let me tell you what. It's going to be a fucking great show. The talent is wonderful. It's very queer. It's a great time. It's at Permanent Records Roadhouse in the patio where they have like, you know, that little nice back area. Really fun, too. Should we get into it? Should we get into it? Should we get in there? Should we get into it? (laughs) I can't say this enough. Thanks for coming out. We really hope you enjoy this episode with Lauren Lauren Ashley Smith. Smith. Amazing. Wow. Hi. I literally can't literally Lauren Ashley Smith yep there are just so many times where I've seen MSLAS and I was Mm -hmm. like M slas, what is that? It's just like <laughs> you're not the only one. But I want to be the only one. You want to be mm-hmm. the only dumb one. I it's yeah. my my greatest aspiration in life. But when I'm with Mo, I know I'm never the only dumb one. You know what I mean? <laughs> I was just telling true. I was just telling uh Sam, Sam, my wife says hi. Oh, totally uh, so hi. Yeah, and she was uh I was like, you know what's so funny is I think the first time we met was at a stand-up show, that stand-up yes. show at the wing. Yes. And so I just thought that you were like a, like that stand-up was like the only thing that you did. And then you know, we all just like kind of go away. Uh-huh. And then I like see you popping up and you're like, oh no, you're like straight up like a showrunner. Deadline. <laughs> 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 Oh, okay. Deadline.com. Don't worry about it. MSLAS.com. Oh my God. Yeah. Why are you such a fucking badass? That starts there. Very kind. Yeah. I am, uh, in the interest of disclosure of like being dumb, uh, this past week (laughs) I was with with my mom and my mom is like, loves me like to a point that's like, you know, unreasonable and um she thinks everything I do is perfect but I was sitting with her and she was telling me she was doing some math or something and then I corrected her but it was so wrong and I saw the look on her face and she realized that her child was what stupid was it? what was it say what, what it was, was like she it was like easy arithmetic I promise you it was like <laughs> 25 times 100 and I for a brief moment, and I was tired, okay? Uh-huh. I thought it was 250. <laughs> At least all the like, numbers were right, what? though, yeah. in there. Yeah. Honestly, like, zeros are not that important. Yeah. Oh, Decibles man. Like, I just let her down so negative. bad. Yeah. yeah. I let her down so are bad. like, honestly, a little homophobic, if you think yeah. about it. Yeah, so. if you think about it yeah. too hard. Yeah, if yeah. you think about it. Oh my God. Well, we're so at the podcast, obviously we start with the coming out story. Mm-hmm. You can start wherever you want, but I'm, I know nothing of your coming out story. Oh my gosh. I it's same. Um, <laughs> oh, I, it's weird. Cause I feel, I feel like I came out in like little like bites, like mm-hmm. chunks. So like the first time, the first person I came out to was my friend Sarah in college and I was sitting with her in her car and we were just like parked and I came out to her and it was so lovely because like, I like told her that I was like, lightly seeing this um this girl that was at, that went to our school and she was like the perfect amount of like that's great for you 
and also the perfect amount of like not making it a big deal. Uh, it wasn't dismissive. Like, you know how some people like sometimes when people are like, I came out and my friends were like, and like pass the salt like that. Like that. I don't always, I feel like that's like kind of too flippant, you know? Exactly. And, but I, she also wasn't like, so over the top that she was like, you know, threw me a parade or something. It was just like the perfect balance of like, that is wonderful. Thank you for telling me. I'm so honored that, you know, you told me that. And then what else are we doing? So like, it was like nothing changed. It was so delightful. That's and the best. I wonder if she had been like, she was like, well, I know Lauren at some point is going to come out to me. So she just had been like rehearsing. Maybe. Her yeah. reception, you know? Yeah, it's possible. I've never Nailed asked it. her. Um, And so that was delightful. And then I came out. I really came out as a, a grown up when I was living in New York. And like, I had identified as like, straight probably most of my life and it wasn't until college that I was like oh I think I might be like queer um or bisexual Mm -hmm. um which is kind of where I still am and so it wasn't until I met my wife Brooke when I we started dating that I felt like the relationship was like because I wasn't a dater I didn't date guys or women at all I just like wasn't like a big dater Mm -hmm. so until there was someone to like disclose about I just like didn't say anything Um, and so I met my wife and then like maybe three weeks into dating her, I was like in love with her and like so obsessed. And I'm so close to my family that I told my sisters and Mm -hmm. they were like, okay. And like, they were just like, so chill or whatever. (laughs) And I told my dad and he was so wonderful. And my, I remember that when my sisters and I were little, my dad sat us down and he was like, I have two sisters. And he was like, one or more of you might be gay and that's totally fine. Like when we were like, I think I was six, which oh meant my, my sisters were four and two and a half. That's just a sort of like a blanket yeah, percentage statement. Like, it was like so wonderful and so charitable. F- that's incredible. That is amazing. Of a parent to do. That's like mind blowing. It's yeah. like statistically speaking, someone here might be gay and that's yeah, chill. Right. Yeah. And like in the nineties. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And where were you guys, where did you grow up? In St. Louis, Missouri. So also in the Midwest. In the Midwest. And like, yeah. I come from a very religious family. Uh-huh. And so none of the arrows would be pointing to like super like open to queerness and stuff. But my dad just was um, always really like liberal and very, um, a really, he, you know, when I was a kid, he was getting his PhD. Like he's, he was always, he passed last year, but he was always like a left of center type person. Like he had long dreadlocks before like everybody had locks. Like right. he got his ear pierced when everyone in his family was like, why would you ever get your ear pierced? Mm-hmm. Like he was always like a kind of like, you know, extremely follow his own path type right. person. And because he was an academic and had a lot of friends who were gay, queer, um, poets, like he just had a lot of life experience and exposure and knew that like, people are gay. Like right. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's the whole thing. Isn't yeah. it? Having experiences and exposure and like visibility, having people like that in your life yes. makes you a person who knows things like that exist. Exactly. As opposed to like, you know, a lot of the, the most of the populace, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I came out to my mom shortly after and she like had a brief period where she just was like, I think, like I said, my mom loves me to an unreasonable degree and that never changed. And I think the biggest surprise was that she didn't know and that she didn't know until I told her because we are so close. I think it was like a big shock. Um, but, you know, that was a very brief, like, conf- like weird period where she was trying to get her bearings and stuff. And like now she and my wife are best friends and um, so close. And um, 
yeah. So I like came out to them and then I came out to like, I came, when I met my wife, I actually came out in a magazine because uh, that's how we met, which was through a magazine. So I basically, after I did the magazine, I met her to come out to all my friends. They're like, you're gay. And I was like, I guess a little, I don't know. Um, (laughs) Wait, how did you guys meet at a magazine? In New York, there was, maybe still is, a magazine called Time Out New York. Yeah. Where it's like a weekly, like, they're like things to do in the city, like restaurants, comedy shows, blah, blah, blah. But Time Out rules. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. I mean, I love it. That's how I met my wife. It's great. Um, And so they, around February, around Valentine's Day, they did a um, singles issue where they were like, okay, people sign up to be in the magazine. I signed up to be in it and my wife signed up Mm -hmm. to be in it. And it was like 170 or something singles. So when you sign up, you say like who you're interested in. I said I was interested in men and women. I put my age, my hobbies, my job, and like what I like to do or whatever. And at the last minute, I emailed them back and I said, can you take women off of there? Because I'm not out to my coworkers, I'm not coming out in time out in New York. And they're like, no problem. They're like, too late. Yeah. <laughs> and so I did the magazine. I went to go get my picture taken and I had on a cute outfit, but I had to go work overnight because I was working at VH1 at the time. Um, and it was the American Idol finale or something. So I had to like yeah. go overnight to like get all the stuff together or whatever. So I changed into sweats to fill out my release. So I'm sitting there after taking my picture in head to toe sweats, filling out my release. The doors of the office fly open and in walks a woman in a leopard print mini dress with half of her head shaved and like all this makeup and stuff. And she like stalked in like, and I was like, that woman is so extra. Like she really thinks she's somebody like she must live on the Lower East Side. Like I was like, she's doing the most. Like I just was like, I don't know why. I just was like, had an aversion to the vibe. Okay. It was like so much. It was my wife. And she saw me and she was like, who wears sweats to a photo shoot? Like, why would that person do that? So we didn't speak or say hi or anything, but we saw each other. Then they had a party for the singles after that, like maybe a week and a half after. And we were at the party. I was with a friend. She was with a friend. And my wife was talking to the editor of the spread. And the editor was like, yeah, at the last minute, a lot of people changed who they were interested in. My wife said, point them out. (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) And the lady was like, her, him, her, her, and her. And my wife was like, cool. And came up and started talking to me. And like, we had a lot of stuff in common. We hit it off. We went to another location she invited me to. And um, after we like spent like the whole evening together and she gave me her number and then we parted ways and she sent me a message on Facebook um, and she said, you got my number, but I didn't get yours. And I want you to know I really like you and I'm serious. And then we went on a date like February 13th or something. And then we've been together since then. That was in 2010. And our pictures are next to each other in the magazine of all the people. Do you have it framed? No, weirdly. That's like scrunched up on a bookshelf or something. (laughs) Oh my God. That is is not a story I've never heard. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. You've been, how long have you been married? Uh... Probably, I think this month it's seven years. Probably. Yeah, I was like, I'm trying to think, I was like, what month is it? September, so seven years, like next week. You know right. Like when you're, at, when you're watching TV and movies, they do make it seem like such a big deal if you like, like you forgot our anniversary. And I'm like, I truly, I don't know how long I've been married. I don't, I don't know how long we've been dating. I don't no. know the dates. Exactly. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> it's all good. Yeah. The birthday, I know the birthday. Yeah. And, and Sam also feels the same way. We're like, I think our anniversary is like next week. You yeah. Know? No, that's a good I feel point. like it's like a, a season. It's right. like a socialized holiday. to be like, <gasps> you forgot. Yeah. yeah. It's like, okay, let's everybody calm down. Yeah. It's all good. So when you guys got married, was everything chill at that point? Did you have a big wedding? Because when the fam, I, I opted for like, let's have barely anybody in. But if the whole family was coming, people were, there were, there's going to be some energies in there. 
you know, <laughs> um, it was Everyone not chill. Looks, yeah, yeah it was. Wife yeah, it was the... not chill. Um, I have a super. My dad's side of the family is super close. Like, goes to the opening of an envelope. Like, middle school graduations, high school graduations. It was a pain point, and still is that like. On my dad's side, one of my uncles came and one of my cousins came, and I'm so grateful they came. And then everybody else had like kind of a religious objection to wow. it. Oh. Um, so that was hurtful. Yeah. Um, but honestly, the way that the funny part of it is like such a pain point, but the funny part is that when I told my because we had like a big family, like 26 person, right? I message text thread. And I hadn't, they had met Brooke, but I just like was scared to come out to them because I was scared that they wouldn't accept me. And that is what happened. But, um, so when I got engaged is when I like texted my whole family, I was like, Hey everybody, like, just so you know, I got engaged and I was getting to it, but my mom texted, she went to text just me. She texted the whole thread. She goes, boo, which is what she calls me. Do you want to tell them who you're engaged to and that it's a woman? And she said it to the whole. <laughs> no! Her heart was in the right place. It was place. so sweet. And I, but then I didn't have to. It was like, fine. Wow. It was whatever. But it was just so funny. It was like a classic, like, uh, you know. Uh, text message. It was just like, couldn't have been funnier. It's such a great, like, mom texting moment. Yeah. 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 That's so. It was a good band aid rip. Yeah. So who was the first person to text after that? I don't thread? remember. Yeah, I, it question. was like silence. <laughs> oh so, like, there wasn't even like some like young cousin that was like, yo, congratulations. You know what I mean? Yeah. I And I do have, and on my mom's side, I do have as well. Like, I have some young cousins but my family is just like I mean so religious that Mm -hmm. it's like really hard and they're not you know like I said my dad has all these different life experiences and stuff it's like I try to have um compassion and perspective it's like I lived in New York City I live in Los Angeles everyone I know is gay yeah and the people who I don't know are gay are like sorry I'm not gay like you know (laughs) so So I I understand that if I had remained in certain parts of like uh, certain communities or doing certain activities or prioritizing certain things, that might not be the case. So my understanding level would be maybe not as high or there would be a, a, I would be more fearful or just not understanding or not as respectful just because I wouldn't know a ton. Right. So I try to chalk it up to that and I do I get very angry all the time yes I do do I get hurt yes I do Mm -hmm. do I get jealous when I see like other people's relationships being celebrated and mine not yes that that's what's really hard and it's like I think what's great is like you know your parents were accepting and then it's like work in the onion or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like some people it's like, okay, my great aunt thinks it's cool. I'm gay. Yeah. And then working your way in and be like, maybe eventually my parents will. Mm-hmm. But I also agree with like, um, you know, when I, when I was engaged, my mom, it was like a, barely a reaction. My mom, she, she freaking rocks. Like she's awesome now, but like it wasn't, you know, she had to evolve to that. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I just remember being like, my sister, you know, my sisters have gotten engaged multiple times and it was always this like fucking party. Yeah. And I, like with me, it's like it was like silence. And I fucking I got engaged in Barcelona. OK, I had a story and I'm like, ask me the story. 
ask me yeah. like what happened, you know? Yeah. So that, yeah, the comparison thing, it's like hard. It's hard not to like look on someone else's paper when it's right there. Yes. And especially when it's like, I know your wife and like, she's so cool, so talented, so smart, so funny. Like when, and, and I, I feel the same way about my own wife. And so mm-hmm. it's like, I want her to be like understood and celebrated and welcomed the same way that like, you know, I welcome other people. That's just kind of what I would like. And so it's just weird. It's weird when it's the silence, especially because like (laughs) it just in our culture and in like, I will say even millennial age culture, like weddings are such a big deal and like engagements and like when straight people get engaged and married, it's like as if they've, changed the earth a hundred percent and so when people are just kind of like huh don't even right. start me on fucking gender reveals <laughs> oh boy jesus cannot stand so can we can we take it back mm-hmm. to little las mm-hmm. childhood what you were wearing mm-hmm. what you were doing what your whole vibe was and maybe like when you started to maybe know or have a feeling or maybe that wasn't until later like much later yeah i was like very much a like typical like girl like I only had sisters I liked dresses and having like you know my hair like uh, I guess pressed would be at the time not flat iron but like you know like I just was like not even thinking about really boys or girls like I just don't think that I was like ever like because I also knew that my parents had told me like you're not allowed to date till you're 16 really anyway like that was kind of like a rule in my family so it wasn't like yeah I just wasn't and I had a boyfriend in high school who I really loved and stuff and like I liked boys it really never occurred to me that I um liked women until I was uh I think it was 18 and I was a mm. sophomore in college always the college yeah. and I and where'd you go to college I went to college life? at Dickinson College in Pennsylvania mm-hmm. and it's so weird because that's not I, all girls is it no 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 small okay. liberal arts school co-ed right. I left for a trip to Cameroon in West Africa I got I remember so vividly I got my hair braided and the woman who braided my hair said something like a little bit like I don't know what she said, but she gave me a compliment in a way that I interpreted it as like, I think she might be like queer or gay or whatever. Oh, okay. And yeah. I felt weird about it. And I truly left the United States of America lightly homophobic. Right. And I came back to the United States of America. I was like, I think I'm queer. Oh. And here's what. what happened. I went on a trip. It was part of a, an amazing program where um, my school, which is a predominantly and historically white institution, they did uh, a program where we do a semester at my school, a semester at a historically black college uh, in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. So I did a semester at Dillard University. People could do it at Xavier as well. And then all of the groups of people. So all of us would do a semester at a historically black institution. All of us did a semester at the historically white institution and taking classes about the black diaspora the whole time. And then all of us went to Cameroon together in the summer. Incredible program. Right. It's amazing. And so I met a bunch of people that didn't go to my school. And there was one woman who was very quiet, but she was like a friend of mine. And I just felt like I really liked her a lot, but I just like really liked her. And she also at the time, because when we were in Cameroon, um, we all kind of shared one like cell, like a, like a global cell phone, basically. Like, this is pre like roaming plans or whatever. Right. So like we all had, if like our parents needed to call us or like we need, we like had this global phone that we could all use. 
And I remember anytime the phone rang for her or something, she like disappeared. Right. Like she was very secretive. Uh-huh. And I was very like, what's going on there? Whatever. And then she later confided in me that she had a girlfriend. She wasn't really out to everybody and she was queer. And I was like, okay, interesting. But before that, I was sitting on the bus waiting for everybody. We were like in Cameroon. Everybody's getting on the bus. I saw her bend down to tie her shoe. And the way that she tied her shoe, I go, oh my God, she's gay. And I like her. That (laughs) was my, it was so strange. That is, that's, that's science. There's nothing. You know what I mean? It's undeniable. Yeah. There's nothing. Had she not had a loose shoelace, who knows how long it would have been. Oh my God. I really, who knows if you would be where you are right now. It would have changed the entire course of your life. There is some, in a fun home. Have you ever read I haven't that? seen it, but yeah. it's like the... Yeah, the it was a musical and then it was like a graphic novel before that. But there's this great moment where someone comes in. It was like a lesbian comes into the store and the kid, you know, young Allison clocks that she's got like this key ring, you know, and it's just like it's the same moment where you're just like, I can't really explain. I mean, the keys is a little more like, yes, (laughs) it's like I can't really explain it. But like I'm drawn to this person and it's because the key ring It's because it's like that was just like the you know, that was like her explaining like the symbolism of, you know, being gay or whatever. Mm -hmm. But like, yeah, the shoes, I it's like weird. It's weird because it's like you almost can't explain it past that. But it's like, yeah, you get what you're saying. It's like it's a smirk. It's a lean something. You know? Yeah, that's exactly. Oh, yeah. my God. That's exactly what it is. Oh, my God. I'm just getting flustered because I've just there's like a montage of all the smirks and leans and keychains yes. like come across in my life, you know. OK, so what happens on the trip? What is anything else happen on the trip? Nothing. OK, nothing. It was all an internal mental untangling of like trying to be like okay doing math almost being like because I was like that can't be because I feel like I am straight I still see myself as marrying a man like it was like trying to interrogate all of the the things I had already laid out in my brain so it was like a kind of years-long process after that right um and that just was like the it was a turning point yeah right so you're a sophomore at that point in Mm -hmm. college and then does anything happen in college? Do you like meet anybody in college? Yeah, I dated one girl briefly um, who was a lovely person. And um, but it, she was like a, a transfer student. And so she wasn't there for very long. And then I but I just again, I wasn't a big date. Like I didn't have like a big like language or um, even space in my life to date because I had never created space in my life to date. So it wasn't ever like something that I was like actively looking for, for anyone. Mm -hmm. So I just really kind of just was like doing school. That's funny. Cause I think like it is tough when you're in college, like, you know, you're going on trips to Africa. You're just like, you're going to different colleges. You have, you're busy. I had a lot going on. (laughs) Yes. You don't have time. Like same with me. I was just like, people like, how did you not know? And I was like, I was Busy playing basketball yes. and lifting weights with my boyfriend. Yes. Okay? I had no time. To <laughs> exactly. Think about it. You don't understand. Like, I had four planners. Like, I was busy. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. I was trying to play guitar with Joe, my floor mate, and then he didn't want to make out with me. And I was like, what's the deal? Turns out he was gay too. It's a tale as old as time. <laughs> it is. You know, but yeah, everyone's Tried busy. To Were you playing sports too? <laughs> he would just strum his little dulcet tones, and I was like, ooh, who's this guy? And then everyone's gay. Um, 
Did you play sports too? I didn't. Okay. I didn't. You played mental sports. Yes. Yeah, I was were, mental playing intellectual. Yeah. 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 So if your first like girlfriend, girlfriend was your wife. Is that for the most part? Yeah. And so were you guys in this same space uh, like in your like coming out? No. Okay. No. Because I'm curious what it's like to like if you have a girlfriend, and it's like and then are you going out into the world and like, you know, going to dyke nights or like doing all of the gay stuff? I had, you know, what's weird is that before that, before I met my wife, I was already going to like Stonewall. I had been to Henrietta's a couple times, like, because oh I had a lot of queer Oof. lesbian friends. Right. And so I was already kind of living my life as like a, like some, I wasn't dating. And I think part of it too was like, I was, I was working and doing improv and also like I was black. So I feel like most of the lesbians I was hanging out with were white. And so like nobody was really even checking for me in that sense a lot either. So yeah. I just kind of was just like chilling. So I had been out like going places and stuff and was like familiar and felt comfortable in queer spaces and was like, I think I'm bisexual or queer or whatever. And like a lot of my friends are and that's fine whatever. But when I met my wife, she is from New York City and is like a very outgoing person and has known she was gay since she like literally arrived on this earth. So yeah. by the time I met <laughs> yeah. her, she was like, oh yeah, I've been going to those bars since I was like 14. Like she's like, it's just like on her Drew Barrymore like vibes. Like she's like, lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, she's really outgoing. The one in the skin tight leopard print, yeah, exactly. like half shaved head. Who is like, point them out to me. Who yes, changed it? Yes, Tell me. Exactly. Wow. That must've been, was that intimidating to, in a way to have a person like that or to be dating a person like that who was a bit more um, advanced, let's yes. say. It was intimidating, but it was also so cool and so comforting. Like two things happened. One, that night that we met, she got me and my friend to go to a second location. And we went to this bar, like this random bar. And we walked in my wife's wife, white, like a little white lady. <laughs> and we walked in this bar and this tall black lesbian with long locks was the bartender. And she goes, Hey Brooke, when we walked in the door, I was like, how do you know her? <laughs> like, and then she, like, she knew every, I was like, and it wasn't a gay bar. Like it wasn't like, a. I was like, how, who are you? And the second thing is that when we first started dating, like maybe two weeks into dating, she said, are you comfortable in who you are as a person? Because if you are not, this isn't going to work out. Oh, oh my, my God. God. That's wonderful. Wow. Holy shit. Love that. And I was like, good job, bro. No. Um, <laughs> Like, no like, jokes on you we're married <laughs> turns out it did work like, out no how important is yeah that? is that a deal breaker but she just was so um straightforward right. and in a way that felt very it was really it made me feel really safe and like comfortable around her because mm -hmm. I didn't have to guess at how she felt or anything like that and she knew things so like she started taking me to like all the Maggie C events and stuff that because I was going to like blanket Stonewall. I wasn't going to creme de la femme and right. yeah, uh, yeah. truck stop and all that stuff. Like she knew all those places and all the people. And so that I got to kind of experience that right. for the first time when we started dating. And you guys are, are you still doing that going to the truck stops. Uh, you going oh to Stonewall. I, I couldn't pay don't me. have the back for yeah. it anymore. Like, I'm like, I can't stand <laughs> up that long. I don't want to be in a line. I don't want to, I, the one time at truck stop, I was like, yeah, why the the conservatives are scared because I saw <laughs> one of the dancers pull a person up. This is obviously pre-COVID a long time ago. Pull a person up from the dance floor and take a shot and then spit the shot into the stranger's <laughs> mouth. And I was like, we are going to hell. <laughs> Do 
just laughing. I just so much of this resonates with my twenties. Yeah. You know. Oh my god. Did you do the? You did Cubby Hole, obviously. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Oh obviously. my god. Did you go to? Well, where were you? This is. A, I'm digressing, but were you were in Brooklyn? No. You don't have to I say went it like to, that. It's okay. I, I know. <laughs> it's I, okay. I went to um a couple times. Went to Caddyshack. That's what I was gonna ask. Okay, I did That's go to I was Caddyshack going. a couple times for like yeah. L word viewing parties mm-hmm. and stuff. Uh, but I lived. I was an uptown upper what like 143rd type person. Oh damn! So that was a long trip. Oh, that's a different state. Basically, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I understand that. When you were watching things like the L or because I'm just in, I already know the answer to this. It's like when you because like as a writer and a showrunner, it's like, are you thinking like um, like the first thing you write? Are you always writing gay? Is that like I mean, oh, I just know question. that everything that I write is gay and then I kind of step it back. Mm-hmm. But like. Yeah, how does it because obviously we came up with like the L word was like almost our only example. Yeah. So how do you feel about like where TV and you know the entertainment industry is with queer stories? You know, for me, it's like it's wrapped up in so many things. It's like wrapped up in queerness, it's wrapped up in blackness, and it's wrapped up in womanhood. Mm-hmm. And so um sometimes it's hard to parse those things out, but like I write from what I know. Like, I don't know what it's like to have a husband. So it's very rare that I'm going to, like, start from a center point of, like, a husband and a wife. Right. I simply don't know what that's like. And I don't want to inauthentically – I don't want – it's like when you watch a show and, like, it's about – supposed to be, like, about something that you know deeply about. Like, let's say you're from Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. You watch a show and you can tell it's shot in Toronto. It immediately has a weird vibe to it that you're like, well, that's not how it is. I don't want any of my work to be that way when I'm trying to be like, honey, I'm home. Like, I will write it like Mm -hmm. Lucy and Ricky Ricardo. Like, I don't know (laughs) what it's like to have a husband. So I lead from what I know, which is – being black usually Mm -hmm. being queer at least open to the idea that like people can have different you know types of people they're attracted to um I write from I write about sibling relationships because I'm close with my sisters and so I but what I try to do intentionally is write characters that are queer that are black that are women that are all three but that aren't like carrying the uh being the spokesperson for all those things all the time yeah or have to be a model version of those Mm -hmm. types of people like i know a lot of queer people myself included who are annoying (laughs) and can't do math (laughs) and are you know anxious and all those things and so like i want to first write like real relatable people Mm -hmm. that also also are those things because that's how the world is like if you only know one gay person you're like well all gay people drink through a straw like because you're that's how that's how the world's gonna be but if you have six characters that are gay or six shows with gay characters on them you're like okay that one drinks through a straw that one doesn't like water and that one is um an evil genius like you don't have to carry the weight of being the representative right yeah so so important too so important there's not there's just not much and it's and anytime usually historically there has been it's like you said it's like that's the entire focal point of their character yeah i mean i would talk about it with sam because we'd always be going out for the same roles and then of course we were both like (laughs) retiring from acting (laughs) (laughs) but it was just the same it was the same it was always this girl that was just like clearly written for a guy that was just like yeah i tap that you know and you're just yeah yeah. Yeah. these lothario sort of just like super aggressive but like laid back women and you're like they don't have a heart (laughs) i have i so 
a bit of a tangent, but there's one scene on a show that I'm not going to say, but I, it was a queer scene. Um, and it has been really bothering me because mm-hmm. I watched it. And the way one of the characters grabbed the, it was two women, the way one of the women grabbed the other woman's breast, I was like, she grabbed it like a man. Yeah. She's never, that's, she's never done it. Very unfamiliar. And I was like, that's unfortunate. I was like, that's unfortunate. But on the other hand, on Bridgerton season two, which I love, I love Bridgerton, um, Cheryl Dunier, who is an incredible queer black filmmaker, wrote uh, The Watermelon Woman that came out in like, I think the late 80s, early 90s, like iconic lesbian film director. She directed a lot of Bridgerton and the sex scenes on season two are so beautiful and you can tell that they were directed by someone who's queer who wasn't just like thrust and be done like the way that they're directed I was like I can tell a lesbian directed this yeah and it made it so beautiful romantic it really elevated it in my opinion like the season one was great too but I think that like based on like the COVID restrictions they were working around too. Like they couldn't just show like straight up like kissing a lot of stuff like that, but it was still beautiful. And I was like that, that queer lens and looking at it in a way where it's like you from an authentic way, it actually elevated the hetero scenes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so it was really interesting to see that both uh, compare those two shows. Right. Yeah. I know it's so clear to tell when something is like blue is the warmest color. I'm like, that's not directed by a lesbian. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, real. Did it's I have fun so watching easy. it? Of course I did. But <laughs> I am a human being. I've got um, notes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah, that's really interesting. Asia Kate Dillon, right? From Billions. Like, oh, did you yeah, watch the show? Yeah, I haven't yeah. watched it. They talk about it like for one passing scene in the show, basically, like they're hired at this, you know, at this firm. They're like, my pronouns are they, them. And basically, like, that's what's up. And their boss is like, okay. And like, that's it. Yeah. That's the whole thing. And there's no more focus on their gender fluidity or their sexuality or whatever. And, you know, it's just like that was the first time for me that I had seen it where it wasn't a really important, like, hit you over the head with this. Yes, you like know? an after-school special yeah. or a punchline. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, well, my pronouns are ha and ha. Like, yeah, whatever, yeah. you know, like that kind of thing. Like, right. it's yeah. just like, let it treat people like the full scope of the human being that they are. And you can still be funny. You can still be uh, compelling. You can still be silly, absurd. You can still make fun of those characters. Super hot. Still, yeah, like all, all that stuff is still on the table. It's just like... Treat the, all the characters you write like a full human being. Yeah. How often do you watch Billions? You sound like a Billions head. Like a stand. What's up to all my Billions heads out there? What's everybody think on season four? Honestly, it's a great show. Wait, I have a question. So I also have a gay sibling. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and we, obvi- we know. Wait, are your Sarah gay? also gay? I have one, another one in the army with me. Yeah. So does, is it nice to have like, like. I mean, I don't, you don't have to like tell her story too. We we're hoping to have all of, uh, all the sisters mm-hmm. on at some point. <laughs> um, but is it nice having, like, I know for me, it's nice having my brother, uh, to just, I mean, honestly for us, it's more like to talk shit about our family, uh, <laughs> and what they said that was wrong, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but, uh, I find it's nice to, you know, move in the world knowing that I have like this person I'm related to with the yeah. same experience. It's it's really such a a great thing. It's so cool because it's like you don't have to like explain things or whatever. And it's also nice that like I have like a sister-in-law too. Mm-hmm. You know, like I have like like that's like so wonderful that like my sister also married a woman and like even like with things from 
every angle, like down to like, they can explain to me when I didn't know who Fletcher and uh, Shannon were, they knew and they told me, you know what I'm <laughs> right, saying? Right. So I'm like, I got a WNBA sister-in-law as well. Like, I'm like, I yeah. they can fill in the gaps for me there. But then also I'm like, what, how do I do, like, what's the difference between IUI, IUI and IVF? Like that type of thing. Mm, they yeah. are helpful with that type of stuff. So it's like so wonderful in truly every way. Um, and I can't even imagine it like differently. That's got to be so nice if you're going through, you know, that sort of, I mean, I had so many questions going through it. I I also was like, I, I, I don't, I did not know. I didn't know what was going to happen when I went into the doctor. Very surprised the thing that they put in you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The ultrasound is not the here. Ultrasound is not how they show it on TV. Yeah, that's a big one. They're like little pressure and you're like little bit. A little yeah. pressure. That was that was rough. That yeah, that must be nice to have a lifeline in that way. Yeah. Like, so what exactly is what this? am I getting into yeah. in there? Right. That is really nice. I'm just thinking about my my big sister and I are really close. She's straight and she's got a husband and a kid. And like we recently had a kind of like come to Jesus conversation about gender and sexuality stuff. And like basically she's just, just like I want to do the best that I possibly can and like do better. And that's wonderful. I never want to have conversations with her about that stuff because I never want her to feel like I'm, this is a teaching moment. You know, you don't want to be like condescending and stuff. And, but on the other hand, she's like, I live in a place that's like, you know, she lives in a town that's small and there's no visibility. It's very homogenous and like where I grew up. And so like, I'm her lifeline Mm -hmm. to basically Mm -hmm. that stuff and so it's like kind of like a fine line but thinking about having a sibling who is queer also must have been like it proved a lot to me as well because my mom you know my mom when my brother came out first even though he's like seven years younger than me and he came out and you know it was just this like it felt like everyone thought it was like an accident like oh it's because we moved up to Chicago you know what I mean like it was like all these excuses it was though right uh, yeah of course yes. and Chicago it's a big city and now he's gay yeah, yeah. Yep. even though we were all I mean it was like so clear the moment he was born and it's so uh when I came out it did feel like even though again my family's like no it's probably that you know it's a phase that sort of thing it was uh kind of affirming in this way of like yeah bitch it is genetic like exactly <laughs> two out of five and, yeah. <laughs> yes. and yeah. I know so many people who have like three siblings and two of them are gay or right. two siblings and both of them are gay like mm-hmm. it's it's compelling evidence mm-hmm. okay right if there's one there's probably two yeah yeah and my mom had she always had like a hard time because she's like from a big you know Irish Catholic family and she felt like oh this is like it's because it's because of me. She's the only one to get divorced. She's mm-hmm. all these excuses of like, you know, she's just trying her best. But it's like it's because of me. I like changed things up for you guys and your lives were harder than your cousins mm-hmm. and all of that. And then like, you know, but then that's when the math also comes in handy. I'm like two out of five, though. <laughs> yeah. Two out of five. You still have majority straight kids. Yes. And Lauren, you know? like, what's the percentage? What's two out of five? Just because you're I, so good at math. You and know you're what? Very comfortable with that. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and say two thirds. And that's about all I can say. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry we brought you on here to do math. <laughs> oh, my God. This is a math podcast. Yeah. Oh, my God. How horrible. We usually have, like, people give advice, but I have a very specific question because you're also a writer. Mm-hmm. Like, what would you, what advice would you give people who are coming out here to be uh, to be writers and, 
you know, queer writers? Wow. Okay. That's a really good question. I would say first, like, don't feel like you have to like mine your trauma to like be successful. Like you can write what you want to write about. Like if you want to write about like, you know, characters that are like, you know, like write about like uh, talking wombats or whatever, like go <laughs> feel free to do that. Don't feel like you have to be like, you're going to write that. Down. Yeah, yeah. Like you don't have to be like, oh my gosh, like this is my coming out story or writing about how it was so like, cause I think the impulse is sometimes for people to be like, what's the worst thing that ever happened to you? Would you like to put it in a television show? <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like, so that true. totally it's is like, the impulse. What? I feel so feel and feel like, because the thing is, I always tell people like, just cause I'm black doesn't mean I can only write black characters. Cause right. I've watched a shit ton of friends. Okay. Yeah. Like I also <laughs> live in a white world. I live in a straight world. Right. So just because you are queer, don't make your, don't let make people allow people to make you feel like, Oh, you can only write when we're talking about in the room right. about the queer stuff. Otherwise right. pipe down. Like I too have been a child. I too have parents. I too have lived in like you have, you are the whole scope of who you are and don't let people try to like, put you into a little corner when you're a human being because straight people don't have don't get hamstrung in that same Mm -hmm. way they don't say oh you're you're straight you can't write the gay characters or whatever plenty of people done that so feel a little bit liberated in the sense that like write what you want to write that's great advice yeah that is really good advice i feel like uh there's a good thing happening in stand-up comedy right now where people don't feel like you need to be like you know uh, at rock bottom at mm. all times to be funny you know like people are coming in here you got like I mean it's just like you don't have you could be talking about like how your parents have a great marriage yeah and find that EJ, we had EJ Marcus on who's is a comedian and they were they do like a bunch of videos and one of them is just about like them doing an impression of their dad when EJ is going to the grocery store and the dad being like, listen, if Mike is there, if Mike is at produce, tell him hot. You know, it's just like a very family it's positive, like wholesome, you know, you know, whatever. But it's like that doesn't have it. It still can be very funny. Like if you think about a lot of comedians that talk about like their, you know, silly kings, things their kids say or whatever like that. It's not it doesn't have to be like well, I, I have PTSD and here are my here's my type five. Like it doesn't have to be that. <laughs> Here's my time. <laughs> oh my God. I guess I love I'll just, that. yeah. Okay, great. Thank you. I guess I'll do it. Go yeah, for it. No, I think you should. Yeah. So wait, it's about your parents being in love. Yeah. Yeah. So, I think we've got something. There. I love it. We really have got something. Anybody got parents? All right. <laughs> I do think that would and be to a that I line. say I only have one. One. Yeah. <laughs> just one. <laughs> Oh, that is really good advice. So what other? I feel like you're kind of a treasure trove of advice. What else? What other unsolicited advice would you give? Oh my god, I don't ask me that because I I welcome it. Oh my gosh, I mean, just to, the, this is my top advice: don't post pictures of your bed or your bathtub on Instagram. Nobody <laughs> wants to see that. That that is truly it. That is truly it. Um, you. This is advice that my parents gave me, which on front page sounds harsh, but it isn't. Unless you are married, you are single. So don't feel like you can't, you can't, if you're like, I've been with this person for like 11 years or whatever. And I, it's just not working. Like it's like, if it's not working, it's not working. That's fine. That's okay. And especially it's like, if you're not married, you're single. Right. I was going to, uh, you don't have to talk. I don't know. Like what people want to talk about, but are you guys like family planning or like, what is what Damn, is, yeah, I know it's so to me I there's like so it. much there's not 
I'm trying to right now get like a documentary off the ground that's literally just showing the process because when I was pregnant, it was like influencers, YouTube influencers. That's what I had to watch. It's when I tell you like literally often my wife and I will talk. I'll be like, we need to just like set a Zoom with you and Sam. Yes. And ask you a billion questions because I don't know anything. Yeah. And so I'm I'm like lightly starting to do some of that stuff, but it's so hard to navigate um especially because and it's funny I will tell you this okay so uh I have a doctor because I had fibroids so after I got my fibroids removed I kind of was like I need to ask my doctor what to do to preserve my fertility and to um ensure that when I decide that I want to carry a child that I like what are what are, what are we working with right, right. so I've had <laughs> like kind of more conversations with my doctor and my wife who has not had any of those reproductive issues has never met her before. And they had their first meeting like a couple weeks ago. And my doctor and I were talking, cause I think I want to use a known donor, all this stuff. And my wife comes in, she goes, the doctor said we can just go up in there and lie. And I was like, okay, that's very, <laughs> that is the, so indicative of the energy that we brought into the room because my doctor never brought up the pot. Cause there's like a long um, quarantine process. If you have a known donor, like if you want to do IVF, Ooh. like if you do at home, like turkey baster, <laughs> there's not, but like there's all these things that you have hoops that you have to jump through and like get the sperm tested and all the stuff. My wife met the doctor one time and she was like, yeah, you could just lie and say that's your partner or whatever. They don't really check. And I was like, how much of a narc energy am I giving off that like no one told me that? (laughs) And after one telehealth appointment, my wife was like, okay, here are all the scams. Um, (laughs) We're just going to go up and like... That's so Well, I mean, if you're not doing it, somebody else is. So may as well, you know. There are a lot of hoops, though. It's like there there are a lot of things that uh, you have to do as like a queer couple, which is just like so I mean, I hope like the things change, but you're just like. Exactly. You want you want to be able to just be like, you know, I'm actually just going to lie about that. Yeah. I'm going to get right in the door. The fact that like you have to sperm. adopt your own child, like all that stuff. Yes. Is yeah. Ridiculous. Right. Yeah. It's all. And the fact that like, I mean, Sam and I are both on the birth certificate. Mm-hmm. But still. But still. And but here's my question insane. about this. Is yeah. Some more math for us. So like if I have if I had Sam's eggs. Right. And I give birth birth mm-hmm. and we're both on this birth certificate mm-hmm. does she still have to who would die great question yeah great question mm. i truly i, I, I asked I, sam the other night and she goes i don't know she's like i think it's still and then we were like but in some some places it's like literally the person who gives birth mm-hmm. you know the other person has to adopt yes. so i'm like oh my god that's it, i created a scam yes exactly <laughs> it's like fully like you're having to like go on reddit and be like what is the what's tea like what's going on it's yeah, so confusing no. if you guys have listeners if you have any you know information you want to give out or any questions please let us know because i think we should do like a straight up round table about yeah this we will point. yeah yes I didn't know until you two started talking about this that there was just not that the only information because I've I just did like an egg retrieval and like they're sitting on ice and mm-hmm. some somewhere. I'm about to do that. I just assumed because like it seemed to me that it was at least so much more prevalent now than it used to be. And I assumed there was, a, you know, the equal amount of guidance available, which clearly there isn't. Right. You know, no. Let's get that doc. Not off that the I would read the books, but if I get a doc going, then I can just push. Yeah, I'm not going to read a yes. book. Who has yeah. time for that? Yeah. Literally, there everyone is a book has my time. friend sent me that I haven't started yet because I just got it, but it's called Queer Conception. And I think that it kind of, I think it's more like emotionally supportive, but I think I'm hoping, I have, I'm optimistic that when I open it, many things will be revealed. Yeah. Yeah. If I had a nickel, <laughs> I'm 
so sorry. <laughs> well, I think we covered everything from birth to mm-hmm. birth. Mm-hmm. From birth to birth. <laughs> Do you want to talk about anything you have coming up, going on? Anything you want to plug? Um, yeah, people can listen to uh, Smith Sisters Live, which is a radio show I host with my sisters Love it. every Friday live at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific on Sirius XM Radio Andy Channel 102. Are you guys going to do any live, live shows? I would love to. You know, we've talked about it a little bit, but it's weird because like, I feel like with, because we're on the radio, which a lot of people like, people have serious in their cars. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I don't know where our listeners live. Like, I don't think they all live in LA or they all live in New York. Like, I think they're truly all over. So I would like to, and we probably will in the future, but like two of us live in LA and one lives in New York. So it would be, we, it, some finagling would have to happen, but I think it'd be fun. Yeah. Even if you just said an LA show and a New York show, you're like, well, there is, that's two biggest yeah. markets exactly. right there. Yeah. What is your show about? What do you talk about? It is a, we talk about pop culture. So the three of us, like Mariah and I used to work at Watch What Happens Live with Andy Cohen. We all three at some point, and Mariah and I still do work in television. So we're just like pop culture, like absorbers. Mariah is like the, preeminent Kardashian expert on the internet. (laughs) I watch a lot of reality television from Bravo to Bachelor. Rachel is very into music and stuff. And so each of us, it's an hour show and the three of us each week do like a 15 minute deep dive on something in pop culture. So like we'll talk about the story, what happened, but then we'll give you maybe details of like context, like contextual information, um, clips that we find or whatever. We talk about it in a kind of like, um, almost scientific way like an an etymology basically Mm -hmm. of uh whether chris pine got spit on or i was just gonna say who's gonna be fielding that yeah Yeah. weirdly we're they're in london right now they landed in london literally the day the queen passed so they're but so we were uh pre-taped this week so we haven't touched any of the all the stuff that's happened this week. oh my gosh that's great because we tried to touch on it the other yesterday we're recording and we tried to talk about that drama and it fell so flat Yeah. yeah but that's true that's all right Okay, well, thank you so much for you thank you for having else? me. Sorry, no, I was just going to say that your I was just going to say that your show sounds great, and it yeah. sounds like we need to be listening yeah, to, to that show, yeah, so we can have a more successful <laughs> show. Of our I own. agree. Yeah, I agree. Thank you so much. Thank you. Oh, you're the best, dude. That was yeah, great. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Come Out, Come Out. If you want more, hit the subscribe button and then go to our Patreon at patreon.com slash come out, come out for exclusive behind the scenes content, some early access to new episodes, bonus content, and so much more. Welcome to Charm School. Charm School.